Hey, one more thing before you go. Ghouls, goblins, ghosts, and creatures. How about witches? And many more. Do they exist? On this episode, we're going to have a conversation with a man that is close to all things supernatural and paranormal, and we're going to talk about the possibility of creatures walking among us. I'm your host, Michael Hurst. Welcome to One More Thing Before You Go. My guest in this episode is James Leo York. He's a copywriter who uses evolutionary behavior to write content that resonates with different aspects of a target audience's mind. He popularized the term evolutionary marketing, especially in personal favorite content to write or commercial screenplays. When he isn't writing content, he's working as vice president of Inventors Network Kentucky, a nonprofit that educates inventors and entrepreneurs. And he has a podcast that talks about everything spooky and supernatural and paranormal and creatures and witches and so much more. It's called The 13th Floor. We're going to talk about all of that. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Leah, we've had several conversations on this show before. and We've always had some brilliant topics to, to bring about, and I'm very happy to have you back on. Thank you for being here. Uh, thanks. It's great to be back. You know, it, it's, it's, we think we all have this innate desire to really understand the paranormal and supernatural a little bit more. You know, we always want to know, do ghosts exist? Do, uh, does yeah. Bigfoot exist? Uh, are there, <laughs> there are lizard people walking around or, you know, UFOs? Maybe. Yeah. And witches. <laughs> which is real um so yeah i think that you, you you know your podcast has been around for a little while and uh it's just yeah. like the word says but you co-host it with two other individuals and um it's everything about the supernatural and paranormal you you know what you want to tell us about yeah. it, just a little bit of it oh sure yeah yeah me and alex and cc we uh started the 13th floor about five or six years ago and um really it's it's unique in that we talk about strange things, supernatural, occult, conspiracies, but we do so from a humorous angle. And also, all of our uh, episodes, topics are 100% listener requested. So our listeners have a lot of agency over what we talk about. And I say, think from that perspective, do you get a lot of people who are just curious about that answer? Or do you get people who come on there that are more geared towards, this is what I think I saw? Or this is what I think I heard. It's a pretty good mix of both. Um, I think everybody on some level is curious about these sorts of things. I mean, there's a reason why we call death the, the, the last great mystery. And uh, then additionally, we, we have a remarkably complex history, both culturally and just historically, with folklore that talks in depth about different beings where there's a lot of uh, overlap depending on different cultures and it does make people wonder are these things real that, that all these uh, different civilizations seem to recognize and describe at some point or another yeah i think it you know it, it like i said in the opening i think that we all have this innate desire to really understand the supernatural the angels exist your demons exist you know mm. um, we, you know we watch and we we, I remember back in the 60s watching um, I Dream a Genie. You know, we all watched uh, 
And I was at an age where I was like, yeah, I want a genie. <laughs> or, or Understandable. Yeah, I remember Bewitched. Um, oh, yeah. To, you know, I used to watch that as a kid as well. And, you know, they kind of made it uh, fun and, and mainstream. Like, wow, it'd be cool to have, you know, be married to a witch or be married to a genie. <laughs> you know, but then again, we have the alternative side where, you know, they vilified witches in, uh, in Salem. I think you've had some conversations about that, haven't you? Definitely, yeah. And there's a there's an interesting connection. Speaking of which, uh, regarding Salem, because uh, on our show we've we've discussed the possibility of ergot, a uh, a fungus that has uh, really unpleasant psychoactive effects. One thing that's really unique about ergot that lends credence to that theory that it's the reason for these witch sightings and experiences is um, most hallucinogens that people ingest. When they come out of it, they acknowledge that it is a hallucination. Whereas ergot, when someone experiences, you know, being a werewolf or, or cavorting with the devil, um, when they come out of it, it doesn't feel like a hallucination. Their memory is so lucid of the affair that they just genuinely think it happened. It's very unusual compared to pretty much any other psychoactive substance in that regard. Is that something that was very prevalent in that area? Or how, how would they ingest that? Prevalent, it's kind of a, a, it's a very common plant even now, but uh, back then they didn't have a means of detecting it. It basically parasitizes a lot of crops, including wheat, which mm. was pretty very, well, it was very important for most European uh, cultures since time immemorial. And, and yeah, the, the pilgrims brought it with them to the new world and they, uh, they, they did supplement their diet with corn and pumpkins, and that ultimately became the dominant food for a long time. But before that, they brought their wheat with them, and they brought that ergot with them too. So you think that made people think that uh, they they may have seen a, a witch or some magic or, or Absolutely. like you said, werewolves or a creature of some type? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's unusual in the sense that there's no disconnect. There's no association of, oh, I was totally out of it when I was – you know, running through the woods shirtless, screaming and trying to bite people. You know, with Urgot, it's you look back on it and it just seems like like it genuinely happened what you were experiencing. Oh, that's interesting. I've never heard that before. That's uh, mm. actually pretty cool. But on the other hand, you've had conversations with somebody that was a witch, correct? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, sorcery is definitely becoming more popular. And I think there's a few reasons why. One, and, and you actually spoke on it, is pop culture in the mid 20th century and, and onward, excluding like the satanic panic in the eighties and early nineties really has a, a very friendly and positive view of uh, magic practice. And I think that's really colored people's perspective and gotten them more curious. And then the other reason, and uh, we're seeing this a lot with physics, we're seeing this a lot with new age thought is the idea that intention and uh, thought can influence reality. That's becoming a lot more common, a lot more uh, accepted, even in, in scientific realms. And as a result, that lends a lot of credence to the idea that magic can actually exist just by virtue of the fact that setting a strong intention for something can attain a desired result. So magic has kind of evolved in that respect over the past few centuries from, you know, mixing a variety of, of peculiar ingredients together in a cauldron to participating in a rite where you set an intention and, and 
attempt to manifest, and I do think that is the best word for it, uh, manifest a desired result directly from intention and from uh, mental focus. Yeah, I agree with you in that part. I think that we all have the ability to create our own magic. And from that perspective, I think that, you know, it's the manifestation uh, of something is very real and that we have the opportunity to take advantage of that connecting with the universe. I mean, I, I've, I've always had the feeling that we're all connected in the universe anyway. And there's, you know, the, there is a source there that, uh, physics believes physics agrees with you now. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's come around for that. Yeah. And, I've, and you know, I was, I was, I think I mentioned to you before we started this conversation, I, I just got through binge watching it was on AMC Plus, and, and I'm going to kind of let the streaming services have gotten so out of hand with cost and everything. We thought, you know, we need to, we were thinking, reevaluating whether or not we we're going to keep AMC Plus. And I saw this program on there that my sister had told me about called The Discovery of Witches. Have you had a chance to watch that? Not yet. <clears throat> got to check it out, though. You got to check it out. It's an amazing. What it gives us is the ability to really believe as they put it that creatures walk among us we just don't know it interesting and it, it it you know it obviously the for the word it is the discovery of witches is that there are witches there's demons and you can help clarify this too because when they whenever they talk about it or in some of the um the the when they've written something about the show they don't spell demons D E M O N S. They spell it D A E M O N S. Uh, yeah, that's a that's actually a very interesting and kind of uh, loaded concept. So we can kind of look at um, the origin of the word, and it's it's actually a due to a big misunderstanding where the word demon comes from. So. If you look at the Indo-European language tree, which is the ancestor of, of all the European languages as well as Hindi in India, uh, there is a word, uh, daimon, and it kind of means dissected or, or cut or two, and then fate. So what is a, what is a daemon or daimon? And really, uh, it's kind of like a guardian angel, ironically enough. It's, it's a being that... Uh, Either through an ancestral spirit or some sort of uh, spirit that's not was never human, uh, watches over a person and inspires them, and it's actually where we get the word genius, and it's where the concept of muses come from. The idea that a family would have a guardian demon was was a very common thing all the way down to uh, the Romans. Uh, it was part of Babylonian myth. It was part of Sumerian myth. This idea of a internal muse, internal genius, guardian spirit super common uh, belief. Well, if you look at the pre-Hebraic, uh, uh, and I may be mispronouncing that or misthinking about it, but, but if you look at the ancestors to the Hebrew language, the Semitic languages, there we go. If you look at the Semitic languages, they had a word called Dibbik, and Dibbik was an unclean or evil spirit. Uh, it was not originally a fallen angel, as it's come to be known in Christianity. It was usually either a deity worshipped by a non-Jewish tradition, or it was a spirit that was regarded by uh, the, in the Jewish tradition to just be a malevolent thing, something that's bad. Um, Azazel is a great example of that, and Belial. These were not uh, fallen angels in the Jewish tradition. These were spirits that lived in the wilderness that if you, you know, ventured too far from 
the, the human settlement, you might end up coming across something scary. That was what a Dybbuk was. And ultimately what happened is post Rome falling and, you know, the entry into the medieval period, the two got conflated. So Dybbuk became demon and similarly Damon became demon and became a malevolent kind of concept. So it's, it's kind of a really weird colossal mixing up of two very, very distinct and unrelated words, which is why now people are more likely to use the word muse instead of demon because of the infernal satanic uh, connotations. And, but, but when you see it spelled D-A-E-M-O-N, whether that's um, correctly used or not, it usually conveys a more positive connotation, whereas without the A, they're usually talking about fallen angels. From my perspective, well, that's interesting because that that cleared up something I've been trying to figure out for. I should have looked it up, but I I just didn't have time because yeah, I was no binge worries. watching before I <laughs> <laughs> before I had to repay for a whole year, right? Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's it it's the combination of this show. They've got uh, witches, of course, and then they've got uh, uh, demons, of course, or demons, and then they've got <clears throat> vampires. And uh, there's a whole slew of other little creatures that are out there as well, but these three are the dominant ones. And the, the vampires, they they're they're walking around in daylight. They you know they said uh, this is not. I won't give the whole plot away, but basically you see them walking around in daylight, and you know sure. that doesn't bother them. They said, oh, that's humans made that up, and it's got yeah. you know, we live like normal, and you know they've got them praying yeah. in churches and things like that. Yeah. It just shows that's just who they are. But the fight, you know, it it's the 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 whole show's basically about the fight between the three of them to hold all the power. Uh, and whether or not they continue to keep it hidden from humans. Interesting. But hmm. when you look at any one of them, whether it be the demon, demon, or the witch, or the vampire, okay, if they were sitting like you and I, right now, looking across from each other, you you wouldn't know. They're professors. Uh, they're, they're cooks. They're chefs. There's drivers. There's chauffeurs. There's professors. There's doctors. I mean, you know, they're they're just like us. Interesting. But yeah, but they're all hidden, hidden behind the thing. But behind the scenes, here's this. You can't see my hands doing all the, all the <laughs> mixing up, the matching. Behind the scenes, there's all this conniving of who's going to be in power and this congregation that was set forth you know several hundred years ago and they have time walkers and uh just oh it's pretty cool it just brings up i gotta check it out yeah at the same time it also brings up to me the possibility of wow that presented the real possibility that we have they call themselves creatures by the way that we have creatures walking among us. How do you, how do you feel about that? Theory? Interesting. Well, I, I have a personal theory about vampires and it's, it's not that I'm like solidified, believe they're real, but, uh, <clears throat> and I've, I've talked a little bit about this on, on the podcast. Uh, but, but this is, I've thought a lot more about it lately is, um, generally speaking, a predatory species has to be by virtue of being predatory, more intelligent, than their prey species. And that also means that the prey species almost never is fully cognizant or aware of the predatory species, because usually by the time they realize they exist, 
they've been killed. And, and as such, there's no intercommunication that they do exist. Well, if there really was a predatory species that preyed on human beings, they would have to be smarter. They would have to be more capable of hiding themselves among human society. And, uh, and if that was the case, all we would really have to go on would be innate primitive phobias and fears. Well, we, we do, we have absolute innate primitive phobias and fears of, of things that resemble or behave like humans, but fall short somehow. Uh, most of our monsters in, in stories uh, dating all the way back to antiquity to modern films are usually human beings given some sort of predatory quality, whether that's fangs or claws or a pronathic jaw like a, like a dog, um, qualities that, that frighten us. So there's two ways you can look at that. You can either say, well, it makes sense that we would just sort of copy and cut and paste different scary concepts and apply them to humans because humans are kind of our biggest threat. We are our worst enemy. But the other alternative theory would be that it's because we did evolve these qualities so we could avoid this predatory species that's done a very good job of remaining hidden from us. So it is totally conceivable from that perspective that there, there, there is something that hunts and feeds on people that looks like people and is smarter and faster and stronger than people. And if that's not a vampire, I don't know what is. Oh, yeah, or, or a vampire or a witch or a demon. Yeah. Or a demon. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it is, uh, to me, it's an interesting concept as well. It makes you really want to look at the people that you're with. <laughs> uh, <laughs> test them yeah, a little, it's, right? Yeah, it's funny. There's, there's even if you look at different traditions, um, what what constitutes one of those categories is sometimes a combination of another of those categories. Like in uh, the medieval period, if a woman was impregnated by a demon, the result would be what's called a cambion, and a cambion is basically just half human, half demon. But they're basically a witch. That's what Merlin was in the Arthurian legend. He was the product of a demon and a human woman. And similarly, in uh, Eastern European and Central European folklore, if a vampire uh, visited uh, their pre-existing spouse, you know, before they passed, sometimes they would sleep with them and uh, they would become pregnant and they would have a child and that would be called a dompier, a half vampire. And they were often regarded as kind of like a witch. In fact, some of them would go village to village to take care of vampire problems because according to a lot of these traditions, only the offspring of a vampire, half human, half vampire, could uh, see vampires. Because vampires in the Central European tradition are more like ghosts than than like uh, Dracula. Yeah, more than or people walking around teaching people at the Princeton University or Oxford University, like these people are. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't want to dissuade anybody from watching this program because it's a, an amazing, brilliant. Mm. program the way they've shot it the way the location they shoot it in venice as well as uh, mm. london and you know all over europe uh poland they've gone to poland and uh mm. you know it's an amazing amazing opportunity for you to kind of number one see history and at the same time mm. enjoy the storyline it was just an intriguing it was written it was based on uh, three books that were written and so it was only three seasons for this. And they pretty much wrapped everything up on the, by the end of the third season. And everybody's going, oh, we can have a fourth. I, could, I would love to have a fourth season because there's a fourth yeah. book. But, uh, you know, the, 
writer strike and everything just in the, the oh sure sag after you know, some stuff yeah they've canceled a bunch of stuff and they kind of decided we're not going to give you a four season but i will tell you that it it pretty much wrapped up that three you know those three seasons wrapped everything up but mm-hmm. it gave the possibility of okay well what's next mm-hmm. you know that that interesting but it you know it I, you know, I've had, I've had conversations on my podcast as well with individuals that call themselves a witch and that practice magic and practice, you know, uh, spell casting and, and sure. manifesting. They talk about, like you said earlier, um, I have not had anybody come on the program that says there's a vampire. Um, <laughs> you haven't had that, have you? <laughs> I, I've not, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I would be very wary of anybody who says they're a vampire because if they're telling the truth you're in danger and if they're delusional they're in danger and <laughs> so either way it's probably not a good answer yeah. double-edged sword <laughs> yeah yeah about the only vampire i'd accept uh, being around would be somebody who just says they have porphyria that would be more tolerable and it, help uh, help everybody understand what that is oh sure yeah porphyria is a really broad there's actually multiple variations of it um liver disorder that causes porphyrines to build up and that's a that's a byproduct of the liver and it causes symptoms that historically have been associated with vampirism um consumption of blood can help with the symptoms their urine often looks like blood their lips kind of shrivel or, or swell and it makes their teeth look longer than they should they are usually very photosensitive so they got to stay out of sunlight you can kind of see why people would suspect people with porphyria were vampires and it just so happens that it's uh, it's a very recessive gene and so it often runs in more inbred families which would include many of the royal families all through europe so that was another thing you know the aristocratic vampire people noticed like say isn't it odd that the count and the duke and the duchess they they avoid sunlight and their teeth look sharper now and you know one of them appeared to be taking blood from their doctor and they, they pee purple. <laughs> like, what's going on with these people? Yeah, that kind of big explanation, please. Come over here. Let's sit down and have a talk. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's interesting. I have not heard of that before until you had brought that up earlier before we started this conversation. I thought, what a unique, uh, what a unique, I'm going to say unique genetic problem. But you know, it's something it, you it, you think is not as prevalent because there's not. I won't say that there's no inbreeding because I do. Sure. You know, I've heard of other families that are um, they have no issues whatsoever with breeding within sure. their bloodlines. Um, very, from my perspective, what I've learned, very few. Do you think it's prevalent in today's society? I think it's I think it was pretty rare even then. Um, in fact, the only prevalence we're seeing now, there is such a thing as drug induced porphyria. And a lot of drugs mm-hmm. can accidentally cause porphyria in people. But uh, it has such a broad array of symptoms that finding somebody with the more vampire adjacent ones is definitely going to be pretty rare, no matter what century you happen to be in. I like that vampire adjacent. Are you a vampire? I'm vampire adjacent. <laughs> so like do you live in beverly hills no i live right outside of beverly hills i'm beverly hills adjacent <laughs> there we go uh yeah it works it works so what kind of on your podcast 13th floor i've listened to this podcast for some time now since we've known each other and thanks 
but uh, help us understand, you know, what kind of what kind of um, uh, guests you have come on there. What what's some of your favorite? May I ask you that? Oh sure, yeah, yeah. We rarely do have uh, guests on. Um, Kelly and Troy have been great when we're in a pinch for uh, content because Alex and Cece have have three kids. Well two and a third on the way. Uh, and so they've been fantastic. And then Sasha Graham, the tarot diva was great. And, uh, having my sorcerer pal Caleb on was, was also great. They're, they're all pretty memorable, not just cause we rarely do interviews, but because they, they brought something unique to the table. That's for sure. So when you bring, what, what are some of your favorite episodes that you guys have? Uh, I know you do guys do your research. You know, somebody will make a suggestion. You do your research. You pull up the folklore or you pull up uh, evidence or, you know, anything is sure. written or, or, or shown about it. Um, do you have any, any favorites? Um, several, but I think one of the most memorable for me was um, remote viewing, just because that one we had a lot of fun recording it it was just like the stars were aligned in the right place. And we, we just had a real blast and we're cackling half the time recording. And, um, also the demons one, because CC is very afraid of stuff like that. And it was, it was fun to just have her scared the entire hour that we were recording. So the demon one, let's, let's touch upon that one. Since we talked about the demons and the demons. You know, sure. did, what did somebody recommend? Were you investigated or kind of thoroughly um, researched demons? Sure. Yeah, we talked more about demons in the medieval sense of fallen angels who, you know, were cast out of heaven for siding with Lucifer, who himself was a fallen angel. And we talked about possession and a little bit about Goetia. Goetia is a, a form of sorcery that is it's European, it's medieval, but it's this idea of conjuring, trapping and working with demons. Um, according to the Goetia, there are 72 demons. There's a really strict hierarchy where you have these different kings of hell and dukes of hell and counts of hell and all that. And uh, you conjure different ones to achieve different ends. And they all have different likes and dislikes and different ways of communicating with them. And it's a very complicated matter that uh, was just really popular among select circles in the medieval period. Yeah, is that more along the lines of satanic worship or is that something completely different? It's definitely, I, I would call it the direct ancestor of demonolatry, that is to say the worship of demons. But what's funny about it is most of the people who practiced Goetia were themselves staunch Christians and the way they saw it, they were making use of evil to do good. And uh, the, the origins of that can go all the way back to King Solomon. Presumably, the, I can't remember if it was the first or second temple of Jerusalem was reputedly in, in occult circles built by King Solomon by demons. He literally had a, a magic ring that had the seal of Solomon on it, and he used it to conjure and command demons to build the temple. So he, he made use of malevolent unclean evil spirits to do something that was uh notably very positive and godly that's very interesting actually i think that um, um the majority of time what we think about do you ever watch the the television series supernatural uh yeah yeah oh there's so many references to goetic demons and alistair crowley and all that yeah yeah i think you know that was another one of those that 
Yeah, I stayed with him from the beginning of it, and you know, uh, all the way to the conclusion of that series. I think it's fourteen seasons, thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, seasons. it's a um, big one. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I watch a, a, a lot of TV, unfortunately, but at the same time, I'm also fascinated by, you know, we watch everything that we can get our hands on with, like that, and we in Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventures and. They had some Tennessee boys that I can't remember what they were called now, but um, <laughs> they had a show on there. It was a group of uh, boy guys from down in Tennessee, and they called themselves <laughs> Demon Hunters. And um, yeah, it was it was it was very interesting. But interesting. Doing, um, they moved away from from the one show and they've created another one, and uh, we haven't had a chance to to watch the second version of their uh, spinoff journey. Yeah. yeah. Um, then I watched a uh, a movie that was actually based on, and I really probably should have been more prepared and had this in front of me. Um, no worries. You may have seen it. We had a movie that was based on a New York City police detective that uh, yeah. was investigating demons and actually left the police department because the, the, the based on a true story, and this, yeah. these demons somehow um, affected his family and and jumped into a, this the suspect this individual that allowed him to do it and then that person then kidnapped this detective's daughter and um hit her in a in a storage room and uh goodness yeah it was it was an amazing actual amazing story based on true story and the <laughs> uh, the i should look it up while we're talking but um it was a really, really good story because it talked about the relation with that. And he then became an expert in in demon hunting. Trippy. That's very interesting. Yeah. He was a New York City police. He was a sergeant. And then he had a, he had a shoot-off from that, from the movies. He ended up doing uh, something similar to Ghost Adventures and, and uh, Ghost Hunters and all of those. And it was specific to demons, and it only made like six or seven episodes. But um, it was a, it was an interesting journey into the demonic demonic world. And uh, during the movie, it showed uh, obviously it was the, the the movie was based on the book on the guy's tr real life, but a lot of what was in the book was actually transposed into the movie. So it wasn't necessarily a documentary. <laughs> But it was really autobiographical mm. from that perspective. That is very interesting. Yeah, I'll get mm. you the name of it, you know, so you can check Thanks. it out. Still available. But, yeah, it really opened my eyes up to, you know, I, I think I, have I told you when I was a kid about my incident with a demon? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> the next time you come on the show, we'll have to talk about that. But I... When I was about 12 years old, I, we used to live in this house that was built on Indian land, in, in Native American land. And um, the, it, there had always been rumors because the land had been desecrated to build this community that there were, you know, skinwalkers and, you know, demons and everything else that were afflicting with people. So anyway, we okay. were... yeah. We, it was a brand new house, so that was, was made it bizarre. And it was an upstairs and a downstairs with a basement. So it was, well, two floors, basement and then one level. So 
we slept down in the basement. I say we because my brother and I lived, stayed down there, and my parents sure. were upstairs. Not lived, but they slept upstairs. So I was awakened one night by noise, and um, I had a what I saw as a full-fledged demon right in my face. I jumped out of bed, and it backed me up against the wall. And I literally can draw the picture today of exactly what it was. <laughs> horns and the teeth and the mouth and the eyes and you know dripping crap out of his mouth and he was right up to <laughs> my face and um you know i i don't know how i got out of it but i got out of it and i realized i was not sleeping and then uh asked to be moved upstairs <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah that is something yowza yeah it was pretty horns cool. and all so what I found out about the, the Native American portion of it is my father worked for the Gazette Telegraph. And in, in the Gazette Telegraph, there was a reporter there that he worked with um, that he had a column called Injun Woody. And he was a Native American individual. And we used to go through sure. POWs, uh, not POWs, uh, powwows and things like that when I was a kid yeah. uh, through him. And I got to learn a lot about Native American and their culture, their history, their dances, their everything. Well, sure. when I told him about it, he's the one that told me about the fact that you know white man desecrated these these grounds. They used to be Native American right. real grounds, and he said that that was just somebody letting you know that you weren't welcome. Oof, went, spooky! Dang, could have just told me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I sent a letter, something. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty wild. Um, there's that a lot more nuts, to that story yeah. we won't go into, but um, mm. it, it's I'm willing to tell you about it later. But uh, interesting. Yeah, was, so I, I definitely believe in demons and angels. I definitely believe in fallen angels. And on one of my shows, I was talking to, and I may have told you about that or sent you the clip. Um, we have uh, a, a woman that calls herself the celebrity psychic. Her name is Laura Powers. Uh. And yeah. um, we were having a conversation on the show about uh, angels and fallen angels. And I was asking her what the difference was between them, what the, a, um, an angel, a fallen angel, and a demon was. Because there are fallen angels that haven't gone all the way down to being a demon yet. That's how she explained it. And as we were talking about this and we were trying to understand it, we started having major technical issues. I'm talking about... She was cutting in and out, then I was cutting in and out. I mean, going away badly. So we paused, talked about it a little bit. She cleansed the area a little bit, and then went back to our interview. So in post-op, as we were going through it, I had done a raw cut of everything. And Diane was what? Diane's my wife. You, you know that, but in the audience, yeah, I think knows sure. that. Um, I said, hey, listen to this. Tell me what you think. And I came back in, I was doing something else, and she says, Michael, 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 come here. And <laughs> she says, you have to, did you hear this? Did you listen to this? Did you know this was here? And she went back and played the clip back, and while that was happening, while it, the, the <clears throat> stuff was going crazy, okay, we literally picked up two heavy, distinct growling <clears throat> segments in in the background on the on the tape itself so that's in the episode you know the the i 
It's my own episode. I can't remember the name of the episode. <laughs> Uh, I remember you playing me that though, and it's very. It, it reminds me of Amityville, the 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 disembodied voice at the window. It's it, it's definitely supernatural uh, yeah, yeah. phenomenon. It was pretty crazy, and you know, the the Laura told me when I played it back for her, she said, "Well, that's what was causing our issue because after she kind of cleared the house, cleared the conversation, she you know it all went away, and we were able to finish talking." But she says, yeah, that uh, that was growling over your shoulder. It's like, well, gee, thanks. Spooky. <laughs> thanks for telling me <laughs> that. I appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, I do believe in demons. I do believe in fallen angels. Um, but at the same time, I also believe in angels. Do you believe in angels? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's, I think we live in a big world and a big universe, and there's a lot going on that we aren't aware of. I think it's even arrogant to assume that we just happen to evolve all the right senses to know everything that's going on around us. I agree with that. I mean, when you some of the subject matter that you have talked about on the 13th podcast, uh, excuse me, the 13th floor podcast, um, mm -hmm. do, you, do you guys talk about angels and do you talk about anything? Because there's a difference between, between paranormal and supernatural. So for, oh, for those, those out there listening and watching, um, could you help us understand the difference between what is paranormal and what is supernatural? Because we've, we've kind of crossed sure. over back and forth in this conversation a little bit of both. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a very nuanced difference as far as that goes. Um, and it's probably a very heavily debated difference. But from my perspective, uh, the chief difference between the two terms is and it's in the names, is paranormal means beyond our understanding, beyond what we deem to be uh, within accepted parameters for, for natural law, what we would call normal. So somebody who interferes with machines, they're, they're called sliders. We have record of people doing that, but it's not supernatural. There is some kind of explanation behind it. It's just not normal. It's not standard. It doesn't fall into the categories of our understanding of the world. So that would be paranormal. Para meaning above, normal being normal. Um, whereas supernatural, we, we live in a world where our observation dictates that there are immutable laws of nature. You know, that, things that uh, fall, fall down. You, if you drop an apple, it's not going to just start flying up into the sky. Um, you know, conservation of mass, conservation of energy. When something violates these immutable laws, that's supernatural. So um, ghosts, for example, they, they, they absolutely violate the natural law of the world. You know, the, the, these are beings made out of energy that should have dissipated. It, it shouldn't exist, and yet people are observing it. So that would, be, that would be the two examples I would give. If somebody's interfering with electromagnetic fields, and they shouldn't be because other people don't, then that would be paranormal. Whereas something that goes completely and utterly against the immutable laws of physics that we know, that would be supernatural. So it's, it's a pretty nuanced distinction. So Bigfoot, where does Bigfoot lie? Bigfoot, uh, we don't really know yet. If, if Bigfoot is some giant ape, then that would be, I would argue, totally normal. But if Bigfoot is sentient, then I would argue that that would be paranormal because no other sentient uh, 
hominids have existed outside of our kind of lineage. Mm. And then lastly, if Bigfoot really is some sort of interdimensional being that, you know, can just teleport, like some people say, well, then he's a supernatural being. <laughs> so exactly. he could be all three. What about lizard people? Lizard people would definitely be uh, not not supernatural, but paranormal. There's there, there's a conspiracy that they exist, and if they do, they either evolved alongside us, kind of like the whole vampire theory. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, it, it's conceivable that lizard people and vampires are one and the same, uh, or they're from another world entirely. But either way, they're they're definitely not part and parcel of what we would consider to be the natural, observable, understandable world. From that perspective, that makes sense. Then what about um, angels? Since we just talked about angels and demons. Uh, yeah, angels would definitely be supernatural beings. They uh, they definitely transcend the uh, the laws and rules that we have here on Earth at the very least. They can do things that are, you know, if, if we're to believe the literature, that completely violate the laws that human beings, by, by being physical, have to obey. What about witches and warlocks? Ah, that, that's more debatable. If, if manifestation is real and it's just about intention, then I would argue that it's paranormal. But if they're actually like, you know, shooting fireballs from their fingertips, that would be more supernatural. Definitely. Definitely. We'll, <laughs> we'll go with that. Um, so, yeah, thank you for doing that. I think that uh, it helps everybody to have a kind of a tangible um, look at what the difference is between paranormal and supernatural because it exists. Yeah. Either way, both theories and premises exist here on Earth. Uh, and, and I'm sure in the universe. I mean, I believe in inevitably, especially after looking at the web telescope pictures that they've sent back, then, uh, and uh, that there's the immenseness within this world. There's got to be some other being, some located somewhere. I started agreed. to sound like Captain Kirk for some <laughs> reason. I don't it's know an why. appropriate time to, though. <laughs> <laughs> but it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, there's there's got to be a reason uh, to, to understand that we're not the only ones in this vast, vast, vast universe. And uh, the Webb Telescope opening the doors to what really does exist out there and seeing what exists out there, I think, is uh, yeah. brings it into the probability of, yeah, there's got to be something else out there. Um, even Agreed. if you look at some of, their, some of the pictures that have come back, and you go back through what some people have drawn or painted. Uh, yeah. And you kind of see a comparison and go, oh, that looks exactly like what the Webb Telescope picked up, and we hadn't seen that before. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, there's a very, this one's more disturbing, unfortunately, but, uh, you know, I mentioned Aleister Crowley earlier. Aleister Crowley's called the beast. He's called the wickedest man who ever lived. He created a, a very uh, controversial system of magic called Thelema or Thelema. And uh, he did a lot of occult rituals and, and it was all very hedonistic and very anti uh, right hand path type stuff. It was left hand path type stuff, in other words. Um, he actually drew a demon. And uh, this was his depiction of, a, a, to him, an extremely malevolent being. And it looks just like an alien gray, like just like an alien gray. And this was before people started 
talking about alien greys. So, you know, I, I, I hope that's not the case. I hope that the aliens aren't mm. demonic in nature, but that's that's a theory that I have heard being bandied around just on the grounds that yeah, somebody somebody notable drew aliens and said this is this is a demon I'm I'm familiar with. Well, you know, if we go back in time, I watch a lot of ancient aliens and I've watched a lot of archaeology programs <laughs> too, like the uh, Expedition Unknown with um, Josh Gates and Expedition X with Josh Gates, and he's got two people that you know, a scientist and a in a in a paranormal investigator that kind of work together. I don't know if you've seen those either one of those programs, but um, yeah, you know, they yeah, it's interesting because a lot of what they've brought up, they go back through these archaeological sites that are um, ancient archaeological sites, Mayan and Aztec, and. You know, they have depictions of what appears to be alien form. You yeah. know, and statues, and you know, now when I say pictures, I mean like uh, uh, it's carved out of stone, stone carvings, yeah, and or it's you know scraped into the wall or painted on the wall, kind of a deal, right? Um, <clears throat> and from that perspective, you kind of go, you know, they didn't have TV, they didn't have you know <laughs> radio, they didn't have or the world's playing in their ears you know, about the big alien invasion. Right. Um, so that to me presents an evidentiary aspect of of the existence of someone coming here or something coming here from another world, because yeah. it's evident in in what was already left or ingrained in some of these sites. Um, yeah. Similarly, the, the lizard people, they're called the Anunnaki, uh, according to some. And if you look at ancient Mesoamerican art and ancient uh, Babylonian and Sumerian art, they have one big thing in common, and that is anthropomorphic lizards who are carrying a mysterious bag in one of their hands. That's interesting. That and snakes. They, they have snake. People, yeah. Which would still yeah. be depicted as just kind of lizard-like. Which yeah, is, no, definitely. Yeah, I find that really fascinating. If you had the opportunity to have it, anybody, you know, kind of drop that in your hat to investigate a little bit further? It's something that I definitely hope someone does request because it is a, a very um, complicated and, and multicultured kind of story. And it, it's, it's one of those things where we see a lot of evidence for it. Nothing super concrete, nothing super modern, but you know, th there's been a lot of government files being, um, oh, what's it called, uh, declassified, yeah. and a lot of them lend credence to the idea that that aliens have always kind of been here and they've been visiting us for a long time, and the descriptions of some of them does lend credence to the idea that that there's different species and some of them do resemble the greys and some of them do resemble anthropomorphic reptiles. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. Well, if nobody drops that in your hat, then I will. And if you, you know, see, that, that, that counts. It's going in the vase. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll throw that in your hat. Um, and nice. if you need any help with that, just let me know. I'll be glad to help dig. Sounds in. good. Uh, I think that would be a fascinating opportunity to explore. Uh, yeah, I love exploring the possibility of what exists out there. And uh, yeah. You know, that's one of them. So anyway, um, I love this conversation. Lee, every time I talk to you, I think Likewise. we the doors on many things. Uh, I loved our, uh, the, our triads episode where we talked about the triads. Oh, definitely. That was a good one. 
It was really good. I really enjoyed that. Uh, you, anybody watching or listening, I'll make a reference to it in the show notes so you can go back and check it out. Along with the the uh, interview with uh, uh, Laura Powers, the uh, celebrity uh, psychic, so that she can you can hear the the growling and the demon voice. <laughs> I mean, that's profound. Uh, but <clears throat> I want to make sure everybody comes and visits uh, you on the Thirteenth Floor Podcast because I think if you don't, Thanks. you're missing out on some um education you're missing out on some uh brilliant uh, uh theories and brilliant pieces of evidence to show you that there is the possibility that uh, more exists than we think and uh opens the doors for people so how can they find you uh you can find us anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast and you can find us at uh www.thirteenthfloorpodcast.com and that's 13th as in one three T8. That's right. So that everybody knows how to get One, there. Three, sure that, TH. Uh, I'll make sure that uh, that's in the show notes so that everybody has a nice link to get there. It's a brilliant podcast. You really should go check it out. They have these wonderful conversations that uh, are informative. Sometimes they're funny. You know, there's a lot of uh, bantering. There's a little discussion. There's a little bit of everything for you. And when you uh, walk away... You. You're going to walk away with something that uh, is valuable to you in one form or another. So, yeah, take a chance to do it. Um, <clears throat> again, Leo, thanks. Uh, there, there's more things that we should talk about and need to talk about. But <laughs> obviously, never enough time me. in the world. Um, yeah. This is one more thing before we go. I always ask this to everybody. Uh, do you have any words of wisdom or something you'd like to say before we go? Uh your uh, perception influences reality more than you realize. Brilliant. That worked. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you very much for joining Thanks me. Thanks for having I me. I really appreciate it. And uh, for everyone else out there, show, uh, the link to 13.4 Podcast will be in the show notes so that you can easily attach to it. Please check it out. And um, all right, then before you all go, have a great day. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of One More Thing Before You Go. Check out our website at beforeyougopodcast.com. You can find us as well as subscribe to the program and rate us on your favorite podcast listening platform. Thanks for listening to this episode.